brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the morning blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Thursday morning to you. February 22nd, 7 a.m. Brenda Pat and Eric with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in on this light and bright Thursday morning. We are moving through the month. This is our last full week of February. Next week, we've got a leap day, I think, on a Thursday. And then, well, welcome March. So. Right. We get first Friday and first Saturday next week. Oh, because it's March 1st on Friday, March 2nd on Saturday. So, yeah, the last week of February, where did it go? Where did it go? <laughs> we have been busy celebrating all of these wonderful liturgical feast days as we're moving into the Lenten season. Boy, so, for a short month, there have been a lot of celebrations. Haven't there, there has been. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about today's celebration. I have a question for you, Pat. Do you have like your favorite chair to sit in? Like if you're going to sit and watch TV growing up, is it a leather chair, recliner, legs up? Like what, what is that spot? I, I have my usual spot, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's like my favorite. I think it's more the proximity of it to the coffee table and the television and the, okay. and the co- you know, it's, it's more location based, not comfort based. Got it. Yeah. We have a few like sitting areas, but we all kind of have our spot, especially the good deacon. If you're in the living room, there's the chair closest to the window. That's where he sits. He's got his stack of books there. If you go into the family room, there's another chair there. It needs to swivel it doesn't so he's always constantly pulling it (laughs) turning it towards everybody and then he wants to watch tv and then he turns it back why are you discussing chairs so there is a good reason why because today pat is a feast day in the church about chairs and specifically one chair and it is the chair of saint peter of antioch is the full title of it and while it honors and celebrates you know it's called the chair saint peter's it's actually about our popes that have sat in that chair. So it it recognizes St. Peter as the first pope of the church and every pope since then. So it's a symbol of authority. It's the Uh symbol of authority. So now here's the question. Here's the quiz for you two smart guys. How many popes have there been in the history of the church that have had that seat of authority, the chair of St. Peter? Any I used idea. to know this. Oh gosh! Uh, and I'll I'll accept a one a, a one of two numbers because there's a there there's a, a thing about two, the popes. Four hundred fifty six. Wow, that's a lot of popes. Not that many. Okay. Cut it down. Two hundred fifty six. Fifty three. Not that there have been more than fifty three in uh, two thousand years yeah. for sure. You were a little closer. To officially in the pontifical yearbook, they write two hundred and sixty six posts. Okay. Uh, okay. Now right. there Close. is the possibility some sources will quote two hundred and sixty seven, and this is the uh, inclusion of Saint Stephen the Second. You ever heard of this? Talk about a short reigning pope. He died four days after his election, but before his Episcopal consecration. So they say officially he didn't hold that Uh seat while he was elected. The Millard Fillmore of popes. (laughs) Yeah, boy, that was a, that wasn't, yeah, the shortest of course. Poor Millard Fillmore. (laughs) 
<laughs> got so, sick at his inauguration. Yeah, did, yeah I was going to say, did he get sick during his inaugural mass or like what? No, well, didn't, even, didn't even get to that point. Yeah. So, yeah For yeah. Stephen II, who knows what yeah. went on in the year that he was elected? Was there some now, other now, underground now you thing? you have been or? into St. Peter's. I have. The, is it the Valdichino that houses the... the chair of St. Peter underneath the, the window with the, the Holy with Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. Right? There is, but you're telling me that's not really They the say chair? that there's a chair and tomb that symbolizes it, uh-huh. but we don't actually have the chair okay. that Peter sat in when he was in Antioch. And there's a whole story about you know why they name it the chair of Antioch and, and all kinds of things. And it has to do with verifying uh, through Protestant allegations that, that Peter never came to Rome. And so the church oh, had to make some okay, okay. stipulations about that. I just always like that, an but... axe where it talks that he breathed fire. I just, oh, wow. <laughs> that's some bad halitosis, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, that's some powerful preaching right there. For that's what sure. That for sure. So anyways, today we celebrate that. And we've got a great show ahead for we you, Pat. Do. What do you got we, coming we up? We packed with stuff today. Got all kinds of things. But I don't know. You know, we're a week into this Lenten thing. And I don't know how you're doing. I'm doing okay. I would grade myself probably a B minus so far. But we've got uh, some advice on fasting coming up from a good friend, Yvonne Heat. She'll be in oh, later today. Great. And I know you've got a very important interview that we're going to get into just right ahead. And I'm really excited about this. I was so excited. We here at the radio station hosted Ilias Mo. He is the yeah. new director of Catholic Education for the Archdiocese of Impressive. Portland. Very impressive. You will like very much what this man has to say. So please stay tuned. That is coming up. Eric, we got a first song. What are we going to play? Well, we've all got questions, but Katie Hurst, she's got answers. And we're the Morning Blend here on Modern Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What about all the earthquakes? Fires and hurricanes Why does it keep on storming When you could stop the rain I want the answers What about all the sickness Medicine can't solve What about all the cancer You could heal it all I want the answers
Blessed Virgin Mary. That's Katie Hurst, and she has answers. 709, Pat, Brenda, and Eric here on the Morning Blend. Glad to have you along for the ride this morning. And it is the chair of St. Peter that we're celebrating today, along with National Chili Day, Brenda. <gasps> yeah. Oh, okay. We're going we're gonna to have to wade into that controversy Wait, regarding I know that. the controversy. You know what we're going to have to talk about? The beans. Yeah. Okay. Plus, we are going to take a look at Catholic education here in the Archdiocese of Portland with the new director of Catholic education, Elias Moe, will join us next after we check that beautiful weather forecast at Matraday Radio. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Grow closer to the Lord through Matraday Radio's Lenten Challenge. Between now and Easter Sunday, resolve to listen to our dynamic Catholic programming more frequently. If you already listen for an hour a day, make it two. Listening for two hours, make it three. Whatever length you spend listening to Matraday Radio and the Hail Mary Media app, increase that time throughout the Lenten season. The results might surprise you. Not only do we bring you the best of local and national Catholic shows, Matraday Radio is also teaming up with Ave Maria Press this Lent to bring you the dynamic series Made for Heaven. Join Father Augustino Torres on a multimedia journey inspired by St. Francis. Free your heart from the desert of sin and open it up to love for others in the glory of Easter. You are made for heaven. So grow closer to Christ and take the Lenten Challenge now on the Hail Mary Media app and Matraday Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 712 here at Matraday Radio. High of 57 and low of 38 today with mild conditions and partly sunny skies now that the fog around the station has burned off. Sun is in the forecast all the way until Sunday. Till then, highs in the 50s for the rest of the week. Next week, it's going to get cold, maybe even wintry mix. 
We'll um, worry about that next week. Next week. Look at this beautiful mm. morning. Sun is coming up. It is going to be a great day. And currently it is 43 degrees where the good deacon is sitting in his family room <laughs> chair, he said, in Vancouver. And it's 42 at St. John Fisher Catholic Church and School here in West Portland. There are so many reasons that families choose Catholic educations for their children. The high quality level of academics challenges students to achieve a high level of success. And we know graduation rates are higher for both high school and college. And that education weaves our Catholic faith in all areas. So with that in mind, the Archdiocese of Portland welcomes their new director of Catholic education, Elias Moe, to continue the tradition of Christ centered education and he's joining us today good morning Elias. thank you so much for joining us on the morning blend yeah thank you for having me it's great to have you for the first time on the morning show for perhaps the first of many more opportunities we'll have to talk tell first our listeners tell us a little bit about yourself sure um well i'm originally a native of southern california uh just the ventura county north of los angeles and um i went to uh, the university of notre dame after high school and uh, from there, that's where I, I ended up through God's providence in Denver uh, as a member of the Alliance for Catholic Education program at Notre Dame, the ACE program, which for uh, listeners who aren't familiar with the ACE program, um, it's very similar to actually uh, the PLACE program that's present out here um, in the Archdiocese of Portland. But it's a two-year service teaching program where you sign your life away um, in post for postgraduate work and ministry in Catholic schools. and. Uh, and then you're uh, left to the mercy of a lottery system that sends you off to different dioceses across the country. And so I, that's how I landed in Denver as a fifth grade teacher. Um, and then from there, eventually became principal of the school where I was working at as a teacher. I was uh, in uh, the principal role for a few years then before being uh, asked by Archbishop Aquila in Denver to be the superintendent of Catholic schools, uh, a position I held for nearly six years up until this past January. So this past January, you and your family made the trip from Denver just a few weeks before Christmas, and you've settled now here in Portland. Tell our listeners a little bit about your family and how you're uh, bringing them up at Catholic Education at Christ the King. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, happy to be parishioners at Christ the King Parish and to have uh, three of our five boys. So my wife, Claudia, and I are uh, the proud parents of, of five beautifully rambunctious boys, um, and the, the older three are uh, in fifth grade, third grade, and um, first grade, respectively, there at Christ the King. Wow. How were they feeling about moving from Denver to Portland? You know, uh, kids are resilient, but yeah. uh, at the same time, yeah, it was, it was nerve-wracking for them, and it was a... It was a, a big transition, I'd say, for all of us, but but certainly for for them as they left behind, you know, a lot of their life and in a world. But um, you know, we have just been really overwhelmed by the the love and uh, and the embrace of of the community, both at Christ the King, but across the Archdiocese of Portland, really, as we've made this move in this transition. Well, as I said, we have such wonderful Catholic schools in our area, and. Boy, Christ the King, I'm sure, are very excited to welcome you and your family to uh, their congregation. If you are just tuning in, I'm talking this morning with Elias Moe. He is the Director of Catholic Education for the Archdiocese of Portland. Been in that position just about six weeks now, so we are glad and happy to have you here with us. So in your impressions, when you went from Denver to the Pacific Northwest, kind of how does it seem maybe the same 
as far as our Catholic schools are and how is the culture of Portland maybe a little bit different than what you've experienced in Denver? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, it was, uh, it was a real blessing, uh, first of all, to, um, have been in Denver for 16 years now. Um, uh, there's so many vibrant, uh, things happening in, in the church of Northern Colorado there at the Archdiocese of Denver. So in a lot of ways, actually, I think, uh, this transition for us felt like a great opportunity to, uh, to go on mission. And, and that's really, I think, the context mm-hmm. that um, was provided to, to my wife and I by Archbishop Sample, by the community uh, and uh, the folks that we met in discerning this move. But, um, and I say that, right, not as, uh, as a statement to, to declare that somehow, right, the culture here is so far behind others, but rather there's, you know, there's unique challenges, I think, that are present For in sure. every local church as there were in the Archdiocese of Denver. Um, and, uh, and so I think one of the things that we found that really, really inspired us um, was the Archbishop's vision to, to really go on mission to minister to salvation of Jesus Christ in a renewed way here in uh, the Church of Western Oregon. Um, and to do that because he saw, right, that, that there was already pockets of renewal emerging from local parish communities and school communities across the archdiocese. Um, and, and his deep conviction that, um, that we, in the times that we live in today, right, um, we have to really, I think, uh, come to terms with the fact that we, we exist and we live in a context, a societal, cultural context that is unique to our times, right? Perhaps similar to other moments in, in human history or even the church's history, um, where, you know, some might characterize it as bleak or, or, you know, consumed by antagonistic forces, forces that are antagonistic to a Catholic or Christian worldview, right? Um, and so certainly those are the challenges that aren't just unique, again, to the Pacific Northwest or the Archdiocese of Portland. We saw, I saw many of those in Colorado, um, in the Archdiocese of Denver, and, and it's, I think, something that across the, the U.S. that we're seeing. But, but I think, right, therein lies an incredible opportunity for mission. Therein lies, I think, this hope that um, that w- as the world is grappling with questions around, you know, why do we exist? What's what's the purpose of human life? How will we? What is happiness? Where do we find that happiness? Right? Where do we discover identity? That we actually don't have to look in earthly or temporal things, um, but Jesus Christ provides that answer, and and that we have an Archbishop that is so on fire for revealing the person of Jesus Christ, right? To uh, to his flock, to the residents of the state, uh, the western portion of the state of Oregon, right? Um, and then to extend that to the Catholic school's mission, right? To see the mission of the Catholic school as an extension of the church's evangelizing mission to minister to salvation of Jesus Christ, that there's an incredible opportunity to engage in this, um, I like to call it this rescue mission, really on behalf of the church. It's an intellectual, emotional, spiritual one um, with with the youngest uh, mm-hmm. in our community, right? So that, that was just a great opportunity. So, I, you know, differences certainly in terms of uh, geography and climate and things like that, right? Um, but, uh, but similarities nonetheless, and, and, and in the times that we're in, I think a real opportunity to, to just engage in, in some really deep mission work um, on behalf of the church. Well, I can surely attest in uh, your time here in the Archdiocese of Portland, you're going to find that the food in Portland, 
Yeah, it's pretty top-notch. And if you enjoy a brew, well, you aren't going to have to go too far to find a brewery here in Portland. And great Catholic schools, Elise. Every parent has their reason for choosing Catholic schools. So what do you see as that special element, especially just in the short time that you've been here in the Archdiocese of Portland, that makes our Catholic schools really stand out? You know, I, in in my uh, career as a Catholic educator and, and leader, um, have really become convicted by the the church's own belief and charter for her Catholic schools, right? And I think that we see the 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 endeavor of Catholic education uh, when when it can really embrace from the heart of the church its its charge and its charter, um, delivering and bearing so many fruits ultimately, right? And I think there's there's many. Uh, Catholic school parents, perhaps, uh, who who can attest to, to this in different ways, and even ways that I'm not familiar with yet, right? But already I've heard of stories of renewals and, and transformations of families, right? Who, through their children's Catholic education, have felt an invitation to be called to something more, right? To be called to follow Jesus as parents, as a family, as a domestic church, um, who perhaps through the, the encounter uh, that's provided with the Lord through a Catholic educational experience, right? Um, are we discovering what it means to be uh, a parent, a primary educator, as the church would, uh, would say with conviction, right? The home as the first church, as the first school of the child. So what's, what is the, the, uh, the essence, if you will, that, that, that we provide um, or have present in, in our school's culture that, um, that is different and distinct from other forms of education, and certainly, you know, public, secular forms of education. It's this, this foundation that we have on uh, the, the role of the parents in the family, um, and that, that our schools lead through uh, and educate through parents, right? Mm-hmm. Not trying to usurp the role of the parent or uh, trying to replace the parent or uh, educate in spite of the parent, but constantly seeking to invite the parent alongside, as is the right order, right? Um, Pius XI um, in an encyclical document on education noted that actually the institution of the school exists for the family, for the family. It has to be subsidiary to the family. So this harmony between the church, the family, and the school is what allows this this education uh, and formation to take place and to flourish the harmony uh, of those three things. So um, I've already seen that in just beautiful ways where where the schools here have really embraced that charge. And it's messy, you know, it's messy because we also know that families come with their own challenges and human complexities sure. and dynamics. But, that, but there's a beauty, I think, in engaging in the deep work of working in the complexity and messiness of, of, of humanity. Um, and, and to do so in a privileged and sacred space like a Catholic school where we can, again, um, come and bring it to the source and summit of everything, Jesus and our faith. Um, it, it transforms the, the endeavor altogether, right? Um, in a way that, again, I would argue personally, you can't find it in any other form of, of education. Well, as a parent myself, whose children went through Catholic elementary school, recognizing me as the primary educator, there are many, many wonderful Catholic school teachers that have helped us along the way to bring forward children that we are just so very proud of. Elias, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, and I've enjoyed it so much more. I want to talk more about that role of the church in the school, but I'm already coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue? in the next half hour. Absolutely. Happy to.
723 at Montre Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Saluting our parish of the week. Hats off to Father John Boyle and his team and parishioners at Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Cottage Grove and their mission church, St. Philip Benizi in Cresswell, and we congratulate them. We want to make your parish our parish of the week. Got some entries this morning already in, and you can send your nomination info to matradayradio.com, I-N-F-O at matradayradio.com. And come Tuesday, we could be calling out your church as our parish of the week at Matraday Radio. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, Life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Have some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. 726 at Mater Day Radio, the morning blend with Brenda Pat and Eric and some tragic news out of Kansas City regarding the shooting, but there is a little bit of happiness coming from the Kansas City Kicker, a devout Catholic. We've got news about Harrison Buckner and his uh, help for the family of that uh, woman who died in the shooting coming oh. up in news. All right. And along those lines, what does it mean to be an active Catholic? Well, I'll tell you what those people do and see if you fall into that category. I'll have that up for you in news. Here's Teresa Peterson calling me higher and we are the morning blend right here at Mater Day Radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life
between your faith and everyday life, keep calling me higher. That's Teresa Peterson, and it's 7.30. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is working to close a Catholic nonprofit organization in El Paso based on allegations that the group may be facilitating illegal immigration harboring immigrants who enter the country illegally and engaging in human smuggling. Paxton filed a lawsuit against the nonprofit Annunciation House, which has opened in the state for nearly 50 years. The lawsuit asked the District Court of El Paso County to revoke the organization's nonprofit registration, which would prohibit it from continuing to operate in Texas. In response to the lawsuit, Annunciation House issued a statement that called Paxton's action illegal, immoral, and anti-faith, and that his allegations are unfounded. According to the statement, the organization has provided hospitality to hundreds of thousands of refugees who over 46 years and that its activities are uh, so too. And if their activities are illegal, then so too is the work of their local hospitals, schools and food banks. United Parcel Service, or UPS, plans to cut 312 part-time employees and 19 full-time staff from its North Portland Day Sort facility when it ends operations on the property in April, Oregon officials announced yesterday. Lori Cruz, Human Resources Business Partner Director for UPS, said that due to the reduction in volume as of April 19, 2024, this sort will be closed for operation. Including UPS in North Portland, at least five other companies operating in Oregon have reported a total of more than 500 layoffs in the state so far this year, including the shipping and warehousing company Penske Logistics. Preliminary state data show the shipping sector in Oregon lost about 1,000 jobs last year. Overall, the state's unemployment rate remains low at 3.7%, matching the national average. Due to a nationwide delay of FAFSA data to colleges, the University of Oregon announced Wednesday that they are extending the deadline to accept offers of admission to a month later. The college said that June 1st, 2024, instead of May 1st, will be the new date for first-year students admitted for the fall of 2024. It also announced it would extend the priority FAFSA filing deadline to April 1st for all University of Oregon students. The later-than-expected rollout of a revised free application for federal student aid, commonly known as FAFSA, has caused some students and families to delay making a commitment until they know their financial aid packages. The University of Oregon said its move will allow extra time for students to make their college decisions. The college added that staff will help students and family during admitted student events and programs this spring. The University of Alabama at Birmingham Health System, the largest healthcare operation in the Yellowhammer State, is pausing its vitro fertilization treatment following the Alabama Supreme Court's ruling that found frozen embryos are children. The decision makes UAB the first known organization in the state to confirm it's pausing the treatment. In a statement yesterday, Alabama's Medical Association said other health systems will likely soon follow. Though the state Supreme Court's decision does not prohibit IVF, it's the first known case in which a U.S. court says frozen embryos are human beings, and that could have a profound impact on the fertility industry in Alabama and potentially across the entire country. 
the vice president of the Haitian Bishops Conference, Bishop Pierre-André Dumas, was the victim of rising level of violence in Haiti on Sunday. According to aid in the church in need, Bishop Dumas was visiting Port-au-Prince when the house that he was staying in was affected by an explosion. Although the report does not explain what caused the explosion, authorities have not yet determined if the explosion was due to a gas leak or criminal activity. The Secretariat of the Episcopal Conference of Haiti has issued a statement that Bishop Dumas is in stable condition. While he is expected to survive his injuries, the report notes that he sustained serious burns to his face, arms and legs. In sports on the day that Lisa Lopez Galvan was tragically killed at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl rally, her family says she was wearing a white Harrison Butker jersey. It was her husband's request to bury Lopez Galvan in the kicker's jersey, but they were having trouble finding one. Butker heard about the request and he donated his jersey to the family. Butker said in a statement, hearing that she was a fan of my outspokenness for our shared Catholic faith makes this even more personal. I'm honored to provide a jersey to the family for her to wear. While the family's mourning their loss and grappling with their numerous injuries, I'll continue to pray for their healing and the repose of Lisa's soul. Outstanding man. He, he is mm-hmm. an outstanding man. He's going to be speaking. I, I know our, our own Sarah Kinsey will be there. He'll be speaking at the uh, National YCP convention this summer or in April, I believe it is. So oh. he's the keynote speaker for that. And he really just represents the face so well. And it, he's got a pretty, pretty good leg, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt. I'll say. So what does it mean to be an active Catholic? Right. I'm an active Catholic. What do you do to be that way? Do you run from the parking lot to church, something like that? Well, uh, what are the things that this group of people does that that take that on? Well, Monsignor Francis Mannion at SimpyCatholic.com. Well, he has some thoughts. An active Catholic is thought to be one who, besides regular attendance of Mass and the sacrament, serves as a reader or extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, teaches in the Religious Education or RCIA program, or is a member of the Pastoral Council or something like that. When we think of very active Catholics, we are inclined to think of someone who is highly involved in parish ministries or programs. And such a way of thinking is, at one level, not wrong. Every parish community depends on groups of parishioners who are willing to assist in the life of the parish. Without them, well, the parish would be poor and would not operate very well. But he goes on to say, the fact is the most basic and necessary description of an active Catholic is a person who, besides participation in the Mass and the sacraments, seeks to live out the Catholic faith in the ordinary circumstances of his or her life. Before we serve God in the parish, we serve him first in our homes, as parents, children, spouses, and as single persons, and in society at large as workers, professionals, and citizens. He says that not enough Catholics think of their marriage as a vocation and the primary means by which they are active Catholics. Consider also the area of work and the professions we have. We are not adequately inclined to think of these as vocations or the arenas within which we can be active Catholics. 
So he finishes by saying they are in truth all vocations because they are the ways in which we serve God. Each and every one of us is called to be an active Catholic. And it doesn't begin with and end with what we do on Sunday mornings. He said it means living our faith in the ordinary circumstances of life. Monday through Saturday also. So if you're an active Catholic and you're in radio, does that make you radioactive? Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that is terrible. You're going to have to go I to confession resist. for that I one. Could, I, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Every Friday in Lent at the Grotto, they have a number of great ways in which you can practice Lenten devotions. Confessions start at 10. The Holy Hour of Mercy in the Chapel of Mary starts at 10.30. The Way of Our Sorrowful Mother in the Seven Sorrows Rosary begins at 11.30. Mass in the Chapel begins at 12. And every Friday at 3 o'clock, they have the Stations of the Cross. Today, it's sunny, so they should do it outdoors. But in inclement weather, they'll do it in that beautiful chapel of theirs. For these and more events in our Catholic community through this Lenten season, go to our website, moderndayradio.com, and find it on that free Hail Mary media app of ours. Through my fault, through my fault. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist. I'm sorry about that. Hey, we're going to continue our conversation with Elias Moe. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. I am so excited that he's here in the Archdiocese of Portland, all about Catholic education, and we'll check that beautiful sunny weather forecast next at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Archbishop Alexander Sample, in this prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to share your intentions with our prayer team, please download the free Hail Mary media app, or visit us online at materdeiradio.com. We're leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities program information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. 
I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. 742 here at Modern Day Radio. High of 57 and low of 38 today with mild conditions. Partly sunny skies. That sun is going to stick around all the way until next Sunday. We're going to have highs in the 50s for the rest of the week. And partly sunny, partly cloudy skies should be great weather to be outside. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Well, currently it is a mile 43 degrees at St. John the Apostle Catholic Church in Oregon City. And on this National Chili Day, it's 41 at St. Luke's Catholic Church in Woodburn. And I'm back this morning with Elias Moe. He is the Director of Catholic Education for the Archdiocese of Portland. He has been in the Pacific Northwest just a few short months and is taking on this role of Catholic Education for our Archdiocese. Elias, thank you so much for staying with us this morning. Absolutely happy to be here. Elias, as we went into break, we talked about those things about our Catholic schools that are so wonderful and how our teachers partner with parents to educate our children. That is the mission of the churches. Part of that is education. And there is a role you see for our parish priests in the lives of the education, the schools that, of the children in the schools that are on our campuses across the archdiocese, kind of how you see our parish priests role in, in every school in the archdiocese. Uh, absolutely. Well, you know, again, before the break, I, I described this harmony that the church says must exist between the church, the family, and the school, right? And so our priests play a, a crucial role in that harmony. Why? They're the spiritual fathers mm-hmm. appointed over their parish communities, right? Um, who actually receive their authority through teaching. Uh, it's it's in persona Christi and and, and as in, in the person of Jesus, right? We, we see that in the gospels, Jesus bestows or carries out his authority through teaching. Um, that then gets handed on to his apostles, uh, who today, right, are the bishops that we have. And so um, our own Archbishop Sample uh, is ordained as a, was ordained as a bishop to what? To teach, to sanctify, and to govern. And then he extends that down to his delegates, his chief cooperators and partners, his priests. And so um, John Paul II um noted that uh you know again a bishop is is the father of the church in its entirety in his particular area but then the father the archbishop assigns an aspect or delegates uh, a charge to his priest over one corner of his church right so um what does a father do a father protects a father shepherds a father um, encourages a father bestows identity um, and on behalf of the church, right? This is what priests do that, that as a layman, I can't, I can't possibly, right, uh, give. Although, you know, this isn't to belittle or to, to put down uh, the laity, right, in the life of the church, uh, because we're, uh, our cooperation with our, our spiritual fathers, with our clergy is, is important. But there is a, a unique gift and gifting that our priests have to, to, to give and to offer to their community. So we need our priests deeply involved in the work of Catholic education as, again, 
the spiritual fathers who are going to protect the church's ideal and vision for education as those ministers who have been ordained to bring Jesus Christ himself to us in, in the Eucharist, right? Uh, but also those that accompany families and, and accompany the faculty and the staff and even just through their presence, right, can give a model and a witness of uh, deep commitment and fidelity to the Lord and his church. And and when you have a priest present and involved, it makes a huge difference in the life of the school. I've, I've witnessed it myself. Um, so so our priests are, are critical for the uh, the success and the flourishing of a healthy Catholic school community. Elise, in an introduction letter to the Archdiocese upon your appointment to your role, you talked about getting to know our community across the Archdiocese. And then even in a recent reflection for the first week of Lent, you focused on listening. So in the short months since you have been appointed and you've been here in the Archdiocese of Portland, what are you hearing? Yeah. You know, I haven't gone out yet to uh, to all the uh, the parishes and schools that I'd like to, but I uh, have had a chance already to, you know, I've gotten as far south as Eugene thus far, but hopefully uh, if uh, we have any listeners down in Medford, we'll be getting down to you as well to, to visit you all. Um, but, uh, but thus far, right, I think uh, one thing I have heard is there's a deep hunger. Um, there's a deep hunger uh, that, that I think manifests in the form of, of questions like, um, how do we continue to grow? How do we continue to renew what we're doing? Um, the, the, I have found that the Holy Spirit is constantly stirring renewal, right? And, you know, oftentimes uh, there might be individuals who hear the word renewal or improvement and think, well, that means something's wrong or something's not going well. Um, I would actually have a different perspective. I would say that um, for a, a, a Catholic school to continue to properly carry out its, its mission and charism in, in the times that we're in, it has, has to constantly keep seeking to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and renewing what it's doing to meet the demands of the times that we're in and the, and the reality of the community that it's serving. So, so I've, I've already heard, and, and um, thanks be to God, from pastors and school leaders who have said, you know, we, we want more. Um, and, and the question is, how do we go about doing it? So I think there's a hunger. I've heard from parents, too, who are hungry for uh, an education and formation that is also, is also going to equip their, their children and support them in equipping their children, not just with life skills or academic competencies so they can you know, move on to the next academic uh, next phase of their academic careers, let's say, or go on to have uh, rewarding professional careers, as good as those things are, right, um, and can be, I think what I hear from parents or have started to hear from parents is a deep desire to have their children in an environment will, where they will be formed intellectually and in virtue and where the things that they want to cultivate in their children um, will also be uh, complemented and supplemented, right, in, in the school setting. Um, that they desire more for their children and and want them to be um, followers of, of Jesus and um, and faithful sons and daughters of the church. So um, that's a little bit of what I've heard thus far on top of, you know, again, I think what's expected challenges that we might be facing institutionally. Um, I, I do know that, you know, um, out of the economic uncertainty of the times that we're in, families are also wondering, how do we afford Catholic education, sure. right? Where do we go for support and, and, and parishes that are experiencing the, the challenges of that rising cost of, you know, hiring teachers and providing kind of the right curricular resources and materials with also the realities of most of our schools are tuition-based institutions, right? So uh, those, are th- those are real things to grapple with and that we'll have to really tend to and work towards so that we can 
achieve what I think Archbishop Sample desires, and that's that uh, every family that desires in good faith to give their child the benefit of a, a Catholic education that flows from the heart of the church will be able to have access to that. Elias, you came to the Archdiocese of Portland in this role. We are well into the school year, and in fact, in just maybe four or five months, teachers are going to be wrapping up their classrooms and heading into the summer months. So just in this short term, what are some of your goals that you hope to achieve before kids are out for the summer? Yeah, that's a great question. First, uh, to continue to to get to know the community, to meet uh, all our pastors and and school leaders and and families who who have their children in our Catholic schools, and get a good sense again. Um, as uh, you know, when my first conversations with leaders and, and with pastors, I said, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to come in here to impose a pre made plan, um, and that's not what Archbishop Sample wanted either, desires either. We really want to, I think, get a good sense of. What are the gifts uh, and the bright spots, if you will, that are present currently in our schools so that we can build from there um, and then we can identify, right, in the midst of the challenges that we're experiencing, above all, what is it that the Lord's asking and inviting us to recommit to, to reclaim, to renew, um, according to the reality of the times that we're in? Um, So that is, again, going to entail getting to know our community as best as possible. So, you know, and, and what's left of this semester, uh, getting to know the community is of the utmost priority. But also, I think within that, starting to engage our pastors and leaders in conversations around, um, and, and we've already begun to do this uh, in a variety of ways, uh, individual conversations through surveys, but trying to get a sense of their perspective. What are the obstacles to mission fulfillment? Um, what do they see are kind of the things that they feel at times lead to mission drift or, or can be distractions um, to prioritizing the most important things in, in mission? Uh, because from there, then we can really start to identify, right? And, per, and discern the plan that the Lord desires that we put into place so that our pastors and our leaders are freed up as the heart of ministry to, to be able to carry out the work of mission. And then lastly, before we go today, I mean, that's a lot in just a few short months, but there are some long-term hopes and goals that we really want to see for our archdiocese. So in the future, how do you see the mission of your office of Catholic education lived out in the schools and the parishes in our archdiocese? Yeah, you know, I have found in my experience as um, uh, as a professional uh, in in uh, diocesan work uh, now, um, again, you know, after six years in Denver and and starting here in Portland, um, that diocesan offices or departments um, are at their best when they can equip uh, leaders, pastors, school leaders. Right in my case, um, fortify them uh, and then get out of their way to let them do the work. Um, and so long term, my hope would be that um, that our pastors and our school leaders would see that, that, again, we're deeply committed to their ongoing formation, to accompanying them and discerning the will of God for their communities and then removing obstacles and barriers where where they might exist so that they can get to the most important things and to the work of mission. Um, but, you know, if, if looking even further, right, um, I think the hope would be this, that um, uh, that we can say in, in, in a moment that. Um, we have we are winning the world for Jesus through our Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. That would that would be the you know the epitome I think of what we can accomplish because at the end of the day it wouldn't be about me. It wouldn't even be about the Archbishop or any person's particular work, but the work of Jesus Christ in the world today to heal and to restore. Um, and and that there's a deep conviction, at least on my part, that this can happen through the ministry of of the school. Um, so. 
the more more stories, right? So hopefully it would be right, then we can get you a guest uh, stories of, of families, parents, kids that have been transformed through this encounter with Jesus Christ because of the experience that they had in a Catholic school. Elias, I think that your message fills the hearts of so many parents who are listening with excitement and enthusiasm for our Catholic schools. I'd like to think that in this world in Portland, Oregon, where there's so much darkness that we see that our Catholic schools and our archdiocese be a beacon of light and hope for families and children for many, many more years. It's wonderful to have you on the show today. We welcome you to the archdiocese and we look forward to having you back on the show in the future. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. 754 at Mater Day Radio, the morning blend with Brenda, Pat, and Eric. And we have got a wonderful program that you can be a part of. It's kind of a win-win we've created. It's our vehicle donation program. Uh-huh. And I know around the house, if you're looking for extra space, and who isn't, imagine the the space you could create by getting that car out of the driveway or getting that boat out of the front yard and donating it. You can help Catholic radio at the same time you create that space. Make that your spring cleaning project, the vehicle donation program. You can check it out online, materdayradio.com. Then Deb will get you all set up to get that boat, car, truck, or RV uh, sold and help Catholic radio, the vehicle donation program from Materday Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene. Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at moderndayradio.com. The Morning Blend. Brewed in the Pacific Northwest. Guaranteed fresh every day on Modern Day Radio. The station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 756 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life, and Portland City Hall getting an upgrade. We'll tell you more about that. Don't know if they're going to change the color pink, but uh, it's going to be uh, different around City Hall, and we'll tell you the details behind that in news. And are you in love with your new giant Stanley Tumbler? Well, it might keep your drinks cool, but they say... Yeah, the lead in it may not be so healthy. I'll have that update for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Today we celebrate the feast of the chair of St. Peter. You might be thinking to yourself, why in the world do we need a feast for a chair? And the answer is, It's not just about the chair, which is a relic of St. Peter, by the way. It's also about the institution of the church herself and Christ's appointing of Peter as the first pope, the vicar of Christ, the servant authority of the church, setting in motion the apostolic succession. This feast has been celebrated in Rome dating back to the fourth century, but the honor of Peter's supremacy has been acknowledged since Jesus spoke these words in the Gospel of Matthew. You are Peter, Petros, and upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The Greek word for Peter, Petros, means a single movable stone. The word Petra means a solid rock formation that is fixed, 
immovable and enduring. Thus, Christ transforms Peter from a single stone into an immovable foundation upon which the church would be built and endure till the end of time. It is important to remember that Peter was an imperfect man who was chosen by God to fulfill this task. Even after these words were spoken, Jesus rebukes him for giving into fear about Christ's impending death. Peter then falls asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane while Jesus is in agony and prayer. And after Jesus' arrest, he denies that he knows him not once, but three times. This just goes to show that God's power is not limited by the weaknesses of the instruments he chooses. And for all of Peter's shortcomings, he is the first of the disciples to go out and preach the gospel in Jerusalem after being filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. He resolved conflicts in the church, became the Bishop of Antioch, and eventually the first Bishop of Rome. On Vatican Hill, under Nero's reign, Peter glorified the Lord through his martyr's death on a cross. Christians built a small memorial over his grave in the second century. Then 200 years later, Constantine built a basilica. And in the 16th century, it was rebuilt and now housed is St. Peter's wooden chair, which has been encased in bronze and sits above the altar in the apse of the basilica. According to the First and Second Vatican Councils, when the Pope speaks ex cathedra, meaning from the chair, he speaks with the authority of St. Peter, who is given supreme teaching authority in all matters of faith and morals, and his governance encompasses the entire world. Not all popes have become saints, but the Lord still works through them to provide the church with a firm foundation. I encourage us all to pray for the Pope today, that God would guide him as our shepherd and symbol of Christian unity. We will end with this prayer to St. Peter. St. Peter, you were a weak and sinful man, but God entrusted you with great responsibility despite your unworthiness. Please pray for me that despite my unworthiness, I may be open to all that God entrusts to me and that I may use those gifts for his glory and the salvation of souls. St. Peter and all your successors in heaven, pray for me. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information on the Chair of St. Peter and the Saints and some great prayer resources for this Lenten season, check out the Hail Mary Media app. Details on how you can download that at matradayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. <laughs> The Vatican Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith has contacted several institutions over the past months to obtain documentation related to Father Marco Rupnik, a Slovenian-born former Jesuit and artist. The Holy See Press Office confirmed on Wednesday that the DDF's investigation has been expanded into other ecclesial realities with which there had previously been no contact. The press office said the investigation is continuing into allegations against Father Rupnik, who had been accused of inflicting psychological and sexual abuse on several adult consecrated women. He was dismissed from the Society of Jesus in June of 2023. On October 27th, Pope Francis entrusted the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith with the task of examining the case after deciding to waive the statute of limitations to allow the proceedings to take place place. The decision was taken after the Pontifical Commission for the Protection of Minors in September sent the Pope reports it had received regarding serious problems in the handling of the case. The Portland City Council has agreed to a guaranteed maximum price of $8.2 million to complete construction on City Hall to accommodate the 12 City Council members that will occupy the space in 2025. 
The construction was ordered after Portland voters agreed to make sweeping changes to the city's charter in November of 2022, splitting the city into four districts with individual sets of three city council representatives. The expedited remodel includes changes to council chambers, councilor offices, and ADA-accessible restrooms. City employees anticipate vacating the building for construction by July 1st, and the remodel is aggressive, expected to be completed by December 1st. A former Battleground Washington bank manager has been sentenced to 42 months in prison for stealing over $1 million from elderly customers. 44-year-old Brian Davey worked for the Battleground Wells Fargo from March 2014 up until he was fired from his position as a branch manager in June of 2019. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office for Western District of Washington, the man used his role as a manager to conduct fraudulent transactions using customer bank account balances and information. Officials reported that Davey concealed his crimes by repeatedly exchanging cashier's checks until they were small enough to cash without triggering banking reporting requirements. The attorney's office said he embezzled a total of $1,279,000 from customers, with one woman losing more than $566,000 from her retirement accounts. Authorities also reported that Davey targeted senior citizens who were less likely to monitor their account balances. And some fraud victims suffered from dementia, weren't fluent in English, or didn't understand bank transactions. A new initiative by the St. Pio Foundation aims to bring Padre Pio's presence closer to the faithful by establishing five chapels across the United States, each housing a first-class relic. The eventual plan of the foundation is to trace across across the country with relics at each end of the beams and in the center. The opening of a new chapel nestled within St. John the Baptist Church in the Diocese of Salina, Kansas, marks the beginning of this ambitious initiative and will serve as the center for the nationwide cross. The chapel houses the first-class relic of Padre Pio, a cloth stained with a beloved saint's blood. Luciano Lamorca, founder of the St. Padre Pio Foundation, reports that they've witnessed a remarkable surge in devotion to Padre Pio within the United States recently. She said this chapel offers a powerful space for his admirers to pray directly with the relic, seeking his intercession for healing, comfort, and guidance. Did the report mention where on the West Coast this chapel is going to be for pilgrims no, to get I'm to? No, I'm wondering, but you know that the relics did come through the uh, right. area just uh, with a few months ago, so wouldn't it be cool to have it here close by? That would be wonderful. Yeah. Well, Stanley tumblers are one of the most popular items on store shelves right now, but now customers are concerned about their use of lead. The company has recently been hit with several class action lawsuits filed in the U.S. District Court in Washington State, according to a report from USA Today. The lawsuit claims the brand failed to disclose that their products contain lead, but the company is actively pushing back on claims that the lead could pose a health risk. The controversy started on social media with customers using at-home lead tests to see if their Stanley contains lead. As it turns out, they do. Stanley Cup contains a lead pellet that seals the vacuum insulation at the base, which is a common practice for vacuum-insulated water bottles. 
Stanley said the liquid inside their cups cannot come in contact with the lead pellet because it is covered by a durable layer of stainless steel. According to its website, all Stanley products are FDA tested and approved. In sports, the Oregon State baseball team's season opening surge enjoyed a taste of Major League Baseball last night. The number 7 Beavers coasted to another decisive win using timely hitting and opportune pitching to down number 19 Texas Tech 10-4 at Globe Life Field, home of the Texas Rangers. It was the opener of a four-game series there in Arlington, Texas, but a change of scenery didn't do anything to damper the outcome for the Beavers, who got their first win against a ranked opponent ran the record up to 5-0. Next up, the Beavers will stay in Texas for the Kubota College Baseball Series in Arlington, taking on number two Arkansas tomorrow evening at 5 o'clock. The 2024 Lenten season is bringing weekly vignettes, single panel cartoons featuring Pope Francis, thanks to a collaboration between Italian street artist Ma Paul and the Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development. And the images are meant to illustrate passages from Pope Francis' Lenten message and this year's theme, Through the Desert, God Leads Us to Freedom. The first week vignette featured Pope Francis pushing a wheelbarrow bearing the word faith through a desert pile of nails, remember, and that faith was pushing right through them. Now in the second week of Lent, the next image shows the Pope is staging what looks to be a prison break. Stretching through the barbed wire, Pope Francis reaches down the high cement prison walls to pull a man and a woman out of captivity. Each prisoner, though, is wearing a ball and chain, bearing the words fear and hate. But these shackles seem to have already been removed at the guidance of Pope Francis. On the Dicastery webpage, the announcement of the new artwork points towards a passage of Pope Francis' Lenten message in which he reminds that the love of God and the love of neighbor are one love. The image could be considered to represent another passage from that message where the Pope invited every Christian community to do just this, to offer its members moments set aside to rethink their lifestyles to evaluate and improve their contribution to society. The prisoners who have rethought their lifestyles in the image, they're now prepared to be pulled out of the prison that sin creates for each of us. I saw the first one with the wheelbarrow, uh-huh. and it, it struck me. It's, it's, it's a, it, it, the image is, it, it just draws you in, but there's something joyful about the way, the technique that he uses. Sure. Really well done. I have to check out the new yeah. one now with the prisoners. This is, a, if it's in the same style, I bet it's very impressive. It's very impressive, and I'm glad that I read the description of what it was, because at first glance, that it looks exactly what it is. Pope Francis just reaching prisoners and getting them out of jail because the uh, shackles are in Italian. You cannot read them until they explain what is all going on. And then you go, okay, now I understand. I like them a lot. Yeah, very well done. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. At our Parish of the Week, Our Lady of Perpetual Health in Cottage Grove, every Sunday you have the opportunity to participate in another aspect of the church's liturgical life you may not be aware of, sung Vespers. Every Sunday at 5 o'clock p.m., join the parish community for this beautiful liturgical prayer of the Psalms, which your priests pray for you 
every day, at least five times a day. For these and more events in our Catholic community, go online to moderndayradio.com and find the community calendar. You can also find it on our free Hail Mary media app. Well, we're just over a week into this Lenten season. How you doing? How you doing on those resolutions? How you doing on the fasting? Mm, I'd say I'm a B minus, maybe C plus so far, but you can get better. That's what it's all about, growing closer to Christ. And we've got some tips on how you can do that through fasting. Our friend Devon Heath checks in with us next after we look at that beautiful weather forecast at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey, for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matradayradio.com. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. Mater Dei Radio celebrates the life-changing work of all of our Catholic communities with our Parish of the Week. This week, we're excited to recognize the Catholic Parish of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Cottage Grove and its Mission Church, St. Philip Benizi in Cresswell. Your church community could be our next winner. Tell us why we should recognize your parish by sending an email to info at That's I-N-F-O at materdayradio.com to nominate your church as our Parish of the Week. Then listen Tuesday morning at 840 when our digital disciple Sarah Kinsey joins the Morning Blend to announce our next winner. Congratulations to Pastor Father John Boyle, his staff, and the dedicated parishioners at Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Cottage Grove and St. Philip Benizi in Cresswell on being named our Parish of the Week at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 813 here at Mater Dei Radio. High of 57 and low of 38 today. And the sunlight is streaming into our studio. It's going to remain that way for the rest of the week. It's only going to start raining again 
on Sunday. So temps in the high 50s, sunshine. It's going to be great time to get outside and get outdoors. Oh, it is. I'm going to go wash my car. <laughs> no, you'll Ooh. make it rain then. Don't yeah. do that. 42 right now at St. Aloysius Catholic Church in Estacada. And it is 43 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church down in Salem. Healthy Living with Yvonne is the name of the organization, and Yvonne Heath is joining us here on The Morning Blend. One of the pillars of Lent is fasting. Yvonne, exactly what do we mean by fasting? Fasting is a Catholic discipline for reducing our food consumption for a specific period of time. It is a spiritual practice that we have done it for many years, ever since Jesus. Jesus fasted mm-hmm. in the desert, so there. It's, uh, it's help us to detach our worldly desires and focus on God. So by giving something up, we gain something much greater. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, because when we take something out of our body, even if it's internally, we have to put back something and replenish it. Replenish. So we take the food away and uh-huh. bring God in. Exactly. I like that. How do you recommend we get started with fasting? We can start with a plan. We need a plan. Because if we don't have a plan, I don't know if it happened to you, but it happened to me in the past. Like I said, oh, I'm going to give up this. And then it's like halfway to Lent. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I haven't even started. (laughs) So we really need a plan for everything. So you just plan what are you going to give up or how are you going to do your fasting? But um, depends on where you are. If you are the beginning, a beginner, a person that you never fast before, just start slowly. Just start with uh, taking things that... They are really, really hard for you to give away, like sugar. And then, or if you are an amateur, you know, like, okay, I fast every Friday or whatever. Just add an extra day. We're speaking with Vaughn Heath, who is with Healthy Living with Yvonne, and we're talking about fasting for Lent. Now, you mentioned the term intermittent fasting. What exactly is that? And when we say intermittent, how long a period of time are we talking about? Yes, it's, it's very on vogue. Everybody tries to use it, all the athletes or people try to lose, lose weight. It's been, yeah. it's been using for losing weight mostly. And intermittent fasting means just to, to fast for certain periods of time. You just eat for a, correctly, just a, eat for a period of time. For example, if you do like 12-8 or 12-16-8, that's the most common one, that people fast for 16 hours and only eats in a period of eight hours. I don't recommend to start like 16 hours and then eight, only eat eight hours. If you are the first time you are doing this, you start with eight hours or 10 and increase it. I feel fine for eight and then 10 hours, not just fasting. And then just go 12, maybe to start is a good one. Because the, if you think about your fasting, it's just like stop eating, for example, 8 p.m. Don't eat anything else. And if you think about it, the next day, 8 to 8 is 12 hours. And you are basically sleeping most of the time. Ah. So it's not really like sacrificing a lot. But if when you wake up and you don't eat at 8, but you stretch it all the way to 10, there's 14 hours. And they say, well, I'm just going to make a sacrifice and do it till noon. Then you have your 16 hours. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's pretty doable, but you have to start slowly. And of course... Check with your doctor. Always check with your doctor. 
I think that's an excellent recommendation to check with your health physician mm-hmm. because you are going to be going periods without nutrients and, and you don't want to jeopardize your health. So great advice there. Absolutely. What are some other techniques that we could use to be successful with our fasting? Sure, yeah. Just to ask, we said be a clear in the plan. So you have uh-huh. one thing, a big thing is clear your pantry. Because if you don't clean it, it's, everything is there. And it's so easy just to to have the temptation. So one first thing is avoid temptations. So clean your pantry and don't have it at home. Don't go to places that you know is going to be something that you cannot resist. Another is like, if you're fasting, don't seek for attention. Don't feel like, oh, like all sad. Because the Bible says in a passage, you know, like when you fast, don't let anybody know that you're doing it. Look like you are just full of life and you don't want to feel like, oh, poor thing. You get attention from other people. So otherwise, it's not going to be a sacrifice. It's not a penance. Stay busy. You can, you have to stay busy. Otherwise, if you are bored or you are like, what should I do? What should I do? The first thing that comes to our mind, food. Mm. And what kind of food? Not good food. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not like, oh, I'm craving a lettuce right now. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, I wish I could have some crackers or cookies or some processed food. So that's not an, another thing is focus on moderation and your nutrition for put together nutrition, nutrition uh, meals, like mainly that protein and fats, because that will he- keep you full longer. So you won't be like starving like every single time or between meals. So you don't have to snack either. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. We're speaking with Yvonne Heath, who is a health coach. Healthy Living with Yvonne is the name of her coaching outfit and you talk about that nutrition how do we break a fast what's the best way for us if we're coming off of that say 14 16 hours of Mm -hmm. not eating how do we get back into it totally i would recommend to start with small portions Uh so don't don't say oh my goodness i've been 16 hours without eating i'm going to devour a whole chicken or something (laughs) you know like like indulge yourself no just go easy small portions and easily uh, digestible foods like toast, oatmeal, eggs, avocado, berries, applesauce, bananas, watermelon. Uh-huh. So all the fermented foods, they are great for your probiotics and your tract digestion. So yeah, start with those foods that don't make you feel like all sluggish or because if you break your fast with all kinds of processed food, or high fat, then you're going to feel awful and your stomach like all sleepy and without energy. So it's, it's not going to have a, the effect that we are looking for. And then how would we incorporate fasting beyond the Lenten season, maybe making it part of our lifestyle year round? Well, we can do that. We can incorporate fasting days or, and, or choose one or two, or you can do it, I mean, daily if you want. Um, and so for a specific so you can do certain foods or you can do the intermittent fasting that I was mentioning. But just remember, it should be done proper with proper knowledge and always consulting with your doctor. Mm-hmm. I, I want to emphasize that. Don't do it on your own because, you know, some people can go 18 hours without eating and then, no, 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 that's not healthy at all. So by integrating fasting with your healthy nutrition and um, prayer practices, we can deepen our faith, improve our self-discipline and foster a healthy lifestyle. So remember, fasting will help us grow in. Self-discipline and self-control. You know, one of my clients, she was asking me, what is the borderline between, because it's a fine line between fasting for spiritual reasons and fasting for health, you know, oh, for sure. weight loss or uh-huh. something like that. 
and you might feel like, oh, this is all vanity or vanity. I don't want that. So if you just keep in mind our why, always keep in mind our why, this is for the glory of God. Oh. Then we are not going to feel like, oh, this is just for, you know, because we, at the end of the day, if we don't have a healthy life, we cannot serve God. We cannot help in the mission that he put us in this earth to do. Well, I love it. What you said at the beginning is taking something out and bringing something in. Exactly. And that's something we bring in is far greater. It, it's God. Exactly. Yes. Wonderful. Well, great. Well, for more information on fasting and all of the wonderful health programs that Yvonne is involved in, you can visit Healthy Living with Yvonne, I-V-O-N-N-E dot com. And she's Yvonne Heath. Thank you so much, Thank Yvonne. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. That was a pleasure to be here. It is 822 here at Mater Day Radio. I got to tell you, not only is Yvonne full of incredible wisdom about fasting, it is so wonderful and you can't help but smiling just listening to her talk. That is a woman that is filled with joy for sure. She is, and she is filled with faith and love for Our Lady. And I, w- I will just tell you, a personal aside, Brenda, she has made such a big difference in my life, saved my life uh, with all the health issues I, I was having two years ago when I met her and uh, just the the change has been tremendous. So uh, if I can do it, anybody could do it. But today <laughs> oh, yes. I'm kind of putting that aside because it's National Chili Day. Oh, yeah. that's a good day. <laughs> now, what specific kind of chili, like the Texas red chili or say, can I go to a Mexican restaurant and get like my favorite chili verde? Whatever makes you happy. Oh, that's yeah. going to make me happy. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to fast for sure the day after <laughs> I have a meal like that. That is wonderful. Now, that great interview can be found after the show. It will be made into a podcast at materdayradio.com. So listen to that again. Maybe you were a little distracted because, again, it's full of great information. Yes. Share that with somebody if you think that, you know, that together you might have, you know, maybe a partner with you to go through these different changes that you want to make. In fact, all of our great locally produced shows made into podcasts as well that you can find on the website. And remember, also, you can listen to our podcast when you're on your way home today. Plug in your phone, download the free Hail Mary media app. You have access to it all. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Registrations for both CYO Track and Field and Camp Howard are now open. With Track and Field, youth can try new events, learn teamwork skills, improve their fitness, and reach new goals. We are also hiring track and field officials. Visit CYOCampHoward.org to learn more. At Camp Howard, we help cultivate children's social skill sets in a safe environment with trained staff, connecting with others in the beautiful, peaceful outdoors with a host of wonderful activities. These include swimming, archery, basketball, arts and crafts, hiking, campfires, and having fun with fellow campers. We are also hiring summer camp staff. Be transformed where everyone in our community is valued and celebrated for the person they are. And join us this summer. Register your children or grandchildren now at CYOCampHoward.org. Thank you to all of our volunteers for your efforts to inspire our youth to become faith-filled leaders. May God richly bless you. 
Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Monterey Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 826 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life, and tragedy in Kansas City during the Super Bowl celebration yields a great story of faith. We'll share that with you next. And what does it mean to be an active Catholic? Well, I have one Monsignor suggestion. Let's see if we fall into that category. I'll have that story for you coming up after beautiful Lenten music by the thirsting, my soul. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. I'm kneeling in your presence, Lord. I feel your love and I know you're here. I'm praying all the world could see Eucharist is what we need I'm waking to a brand new day Praying I won't go astray I'm longing for your precious blood As I rise to start this day My soul's been longing Heart's been searching for your precious body Just to be with me And to satisfy your thirst for us 
rest is what we need My soul's been longing Heart's been searching for your precious body Love pour over me My soul's been longing Heart's been searching for your precious body Between your faith and everyday life, my soul. That's Daniel Overrider and the Thirsty. It's 8.30. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is trying to close down a Catholic nonprofit organization in El Paso based on allegations that the group may be facilitating illegal immigration, harboring immigrants who enter the county country illegally and engaging in human smuggling. Paxton filed a lawsuit against the nonprofit Annunciation House, which has operated in the state for nearly 50 years. The lawsuit asked the District Court of El Paso County to revoke the organization's nonprofit registration, which would prohibit it from continuing to operate in Texas. In response to the lawsuit, Annunciation House issued a statement that called Paxton's actions illegal, immoral, and anti-faith. United Parcel Service, or UPS, plans to cut 312 part-time employees and 19 full-time staff from its North Portland Day Sort facility when it ends operations on the property in April, according to state officials. Laura Cuse, Human Resources Business Partner Director for UPS, said that due to the reduction of volume as of April 19, 2024, this sort will be closed for operation. Including UPS in North Portland, at least five companies operating in Oregon have reported a total of more than 500 layoffs to the state so far this year, including the shipping and warehousing company Penske Logistics. Preliminary state data show that the shipping sector in Oregon lost around 1,000 jobs last year. Overall, the state's unemployment rate still remains low at 3.7%, matching the national average. Due to a nationwide delay of FAFSA data to colleges, the University of Oregon announced Wednesday that they are extending the deadline to accept offers of admission to a month later. The college said that June 1st, 2024, instead of May 1st, will be the new date for first-year students admitted for fall 2024. It also announced it would extend the priority FAFSA filing deadline to April 1st of 2024 for all University of Oregon students. 
The later-than-expected rollout of a revised free application for federal student aid, that's commonly known as the FAFSA, has caused some students and families to delay making a commitment until they know their financial aid packages. The University of Oregon said its move will allow extra time for students to make their college decisions. And the college added that staff will help students and families during admitted students' events and programs this spring. The University of Alabama at Birmingham Health System, the largest health care operation in the Yellowhammer State, is pausing in vitro fertilization treatment following an Alabama Supreme Court ruling that found frozen embryos are children. The decision makes UAB the first known organization in the state to confirm it's pausing the treatment. In a statement on Wednesday, Alabama's Medical Association said other health systems will likely follow suit. Though the state Supreme Court decision does not prohibit IVF, it's the first known case in which a U.S. court says frozen embryos are human beings. And that could have profound impacts on how the fertility industry in Alabama and across the United States operates. The vice president of the Haitian Bishops Conference, Bishop Pierre-André Dumas, was the victim of rising levels of violence on, in Haiti on Sunday. According to Aid in the Church in Need, Bishop Dumas was visiting Port-au-Prince when the house that he was staying in was affected by an explosion, they said. Although the report doesn't explain what caused the explosion. The Secretary of the Episcopal Conference of Haiti has issued a statement that Bishop Dumas is in stable condition while he is expected to survive his injuries. The report notes that he sustained serious burns to his face, arms, and legs. Archbishop Max Leroy of Port-au-Prince, president of the Bishop's Conference in Haiti, has asked for prayers for Bishop Dumas' quick recovery. Vatican News notes how Haiti has long been at the mercy of gangs struggling for control of the territory with violence and criminal activity only rising in recent years. In sports on the day that Lisa Lopez Galvan was tragically killed at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl rally, her family says she was wearing a white Harrison Bucker jersey. It was her husband's request to bury Lopez Galvan in the kicker's jersey, but they were having trouble finding one. Bucker heard about the request and he donated his jersey to the family. Bucker said in a statement, hearing that she was a fan of my outspokenness for our shared Catholic faith makes this even more personal. I'm honored to provide a jersey to the family for her to wear. While the family's mourning their loss and grappling with their numerous injuries, I'll continue to pray for their healing and the repose of Lisa's soul. No doubt he is an outstanding player on the field, Pat, but he is even greater off the field, isn't he? He is quite an inspiration. Uh, Him and Justin Tucker, also the kicker for the Baltimore Ravens, another devout Catholic. And these two young men just, I mean, they wear their faith on their sleeves out there. And and it's almost like they're Catholics who kick, you know, and it's, it's really inspiring. Well, what does it mean to be an active Catholic? And what are the things that this group engages in? Monsignor Francis Mannion at simplycatholic.com, he has some thoughts. An active Catholic is thought to be one who, besides regular attendance of Mass and the sacraments, serves as a reader or extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, maybe teaches in the religious education or the RCIA program perhaps a member of the parish pastoral 
Council. When we think of a very active Catholic, we are inclined to think of someone who is highly involved in parish ministry and programs. Such a way of thinking is at one level not wrong. Every parish is community depends on groups of parishioners who are willing to assist in the life of the parish. And without them, well, the parish would be suffering indeed and not operate very well. The fact is, though, the most basic and necessary description of an active Catholic is a person who, besides participation in the Mass and the sacraments, seeks to live out the Catholic faith in the ordinary circumstances of his or her life. Before we serve God in the parish, we serve him first in our homes as parents, children, spouses, and as single persons, and in society at large as workers, professionals, and citizens. And Monsignor says that not enough Catholics think of their marriage as a vocation and the primary means by which they are active Catholics. Consider also the area where we work and the professions we have. We are not adequately inclined to think of these as vocations or arenas within which we can be active Catholics. Yet, he says, they are in truth vocations because they are the way in which we serve God. So each and every one of us is called to be an active Catholic. This does not begin and end with what we do on Sunday mornings. Certainly, the liturgical aspect of the faith is central. But being an active Catholic means living our faith in the ordinary circumstances of life every Monday through Saturday also. Well, one of the most active Catholics I know is Father Peter Julia, and he's coming up. All right. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Throughout the season of Lent, you are invited to participate in the 40 Days for Life Spring Campaign. 40 Days for Life is a time of prayer and fasting to end abortion. For more information on how you can join over 1 million volunteers worldwide, go to 40daysforlife.com slash Portland. 40daysforlife.com slash Portland. Go to our website, moderndayradio.com, for the rest of the community calendar, and you can find it on our free Hail Mary media app. Yeah, he's very active, climbing rocks, riding bikes, flying jets, and uh, <laughs> making vocations. We're talking about Father Peter Julia, a very active Catholic, and he'll check in with us next after we look at that beautiful weather forecast at Moderday Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. It's common for atheists to object to belief in God because it can't be proven false by empirical observation. But this objection fails because the principle it assumes, called the verification principle, is self-refuting. It states, a belief is true or false if and only if it can be verified or falsified by sense experience. Like the statement, it's snowing outside which can prove true or false by looking out the window. But this principle is problematic because the principle itself can't be proven true or false by sense experience. Where in the universe is the truth value of this belief to be found? Can we see it under a microscope? The absurdity of these questions reveal that the principle itself cannot be proven true or false by sense experience, and thus is self-refuting. 
For this reason, the objection fails. I'm Corlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. Time and again, we hear from grateful listeners who tell us their faith lives have been nourished by Mater Day Radio. We hope these wonderful testaments to our spirit-filled broadcast never cease. You can help ensure the future of our broadcast by naming Mater Day Radio as a beneficiary in your will or other forms of estate planning. By leaving a legacy to Mater Day Radio, you are supporting a gospel message of prayer and hope heard by thousands of listeners every day. Learn more about our estate planning options at materdayradio.com. 842 here at Mater Day Radio, high of 57 and low of 38 today with mild conditions and partly sunny skies. That sun is actually going to linger around for once. We're going to see it all through the rest of the week and Saturday. Sunday, it's going to start raining and it's going to get cold and possibly wintry mixing at the beginning of next week. What? But that's next week's problem. Mm. Just go out there and play in the sun this week. I'm going to go <laughs> get my car washed today because no, it's, it's definitely going to snow gonna if you do that. Snow <laughs> next week for sure. Currently 47 degrees at the Proto Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. And they're celebrating the chair of St. Peter today. It's 43 degrees at St. Catherine of Siena Catholic Church in Venita. We all have the different hats that we wear for the different occupations that we have whether we are at work we have to be a certain way when we come home or a certain way and perhaps when we with our friends well another hat all together well we are never completely sure who we have coming into the studio until we see what hat he is wearing father peter julia is joining us this morning today in camouflage so he's taking on the role as u.s air force chaplain this morning joining us today to talk a little bit about what he does and some things that are coming up in the vocations office good morning father peter thanks for joining us today good morning brenda always great to be with you guys so when you go to your closet in the morning looking at your calendar what you have to do today do you have to think okay i've got to bring my collar for this meeting but i know later on i'm going to be at the base so i better pack my uniform yeah, exactly. I have to do that. And it was funny because this morning I did, I took out like a white undershirt, which I would normally wear under my, my clerics. And then I, I realized I was like, oh no, I gotta, I gotta go to the base. Like right after I was at St. Rose this morning and St. Rose is really close. Now. I've been filling in at St. Rose lately. And so, um, yeah. And sometimes I've got to pack like the extra bag and there's just a lot that you have to bring for both. Cause Often I'll pack clerics and you know what you end up forgetting? You know, like the collar sometimes when you grab Ah. that stuff or or like black socks. And then in this, like there's so many things, you know, you've got your hat, you've got what they call the blouse, like the outer shirt, the undershirt, your belt, your pants. There's these little elastic things called blousing straps at the bottom on the top of your boots. So there's just a lot that you have to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it makes for quite the packing experience. Oh gosh. Well, again, always appreciative of the time that we get to spend with you this morning. And while you are in your fatigues, you never take off that collar that you were talking about your ordination collar. And so I would imagine that 
even though you were on base, you still think about the vocations, the vocations of the men and women that you were working with on base. And of course, the work that you're doing with the Archdiocese of Portland. Recently, Father Julia, last time we talked to you, you were heading into a discernment retreat at Our Lady of Peace Retreat. Archbishop Sample was on hand to talk with men about vocations. Let us know how things went. Yeah, it was great. I We think we had 22 men, if I'm remembering correctly. And so it was a great great amount of guys and they were from all over the archdiocese and this year i I just really want to thank my brother priests as well because it's really the pastors at each parish that are sort of like the primary vocations directors right because you know i can't be everywhere and uh they usually are with these young men when they're serving at the altar or doing different things like that and so they're the ones that say hey i think you should go to the archbishop's discernment retreat if i hadn't met them directly and uh and they just did a great job this year there was a lot of men from certain parishes i think there was like saint i think there was five men from like saint brigida with father clifton and so some guys really just did did a great job kind of promoting it to some of the men and uh and those that have really vigorous altar serving programs that that really were it it has always worked Mm -hmm. and it still works and so that's another thing i would continue to encourage at our parishes and um and it was great. Archbishop is always great by yeah. giving them. One of the primary things he does on our first night is he always asks them, what attracts you to the priesthood? And then what are some of your fears, you know, of becoming a priest? So it really kind of enters into a very honest retreat for the men. And so it, it went really well. And so I'm glad. And then there's a number of men from that who um, go on to start to fill out the application to become seminarians. And then for those who do decide to apply, about how long of a process should they be giving themselves from the time that they wanted to want to apply to when they might actually be at one of our seminaries in the United States? It definitely takes a while to fill it out. I, I actually had a printed copy of the of the application and they got totally psyched out by it because it's like kind of thick. Like and, a, and, like a ream of paper, you yeah, put yeah. it, you throw it out there and say, okay, get started. Because it's in a fillable PDF form when they actually fill it out, right? Sure. But, but when you see it in actual paper, it's kind of intimidating initially, but you really do need to give yourself almost two months to, to really fill it out. It depends on each guy's mm-hmm. situation, right? There, there are some men who may be younger, who don't have jobs yet or, or things like that, right. and they have more more time to devote themselves to it. But then there's some that, uh, you know, they have full-time jobs and uh, and they have to figure out when I'm going to do that. And, and as you know, Brenda, just from being Catholic and being involved, it's sort of like any sacrament. Well, you have to call your your parish where you got baptized and you have to request that baptismal certificate. And then you have to get uh, medical records. And so there are things that depend on other entities or people, like you have four references. And you know, and we all know every time you make a request from a reference, you never know how quickly they're gonna respond. So sometimes mm-hmm. you're waiting on other things. And in the meanwhile, you're fin- filling out like, there's some essay questions and um, there's an autobiography essentially that you write about your life. And, and so there's a lot. And then there's a psychological evaluation and that's fairly in depth. So they meet directly with the psychologist, but then there's a giant questionnaire. Father Peter Julie is joining us this morning, telling us a little bit about what's happening in the vocations office. Now, this is part of what you are doing as vocations director, also now as the chaplain uh, for the base here in Portland. How is that going? Now you are back from officer training school. You are captain, father, 
Peter Julia. However, depending on, again, what you're wearing as to what we're calling you. Have you feel like now that you've come back from training that you are really ready now to serve those people uh, here in Portland? You know, it's funny, Brenda. I'm not completely done with the training yet. Really? You know, I mean, it's th- there's also uh, what they call BCC, basic chaplaincy course as well. And so I'll have to go back to Maxwell Air Force Base in Alabama. That's where many of the schools are. Um, officer training school is there. What they call squadron officer school is there. Chaplaincy school is there. A lot of Air Force schools are over there. So I'll have to go back to do that as well. But but it definitely makes me a lot more full-fledged. There's many more things that I can kind of officially do uh, at the base. So it's the 142nd wing or, or, or what they used to call the fighter wing. Um, but it's in, you know, F-15 fighters or what, what are out of there. And that's kind of our main defense out of the Western seaboard. But the thing that Archbishop, I think, realized too, is we had Father Rick Siriani, one of our retired priests, he, or I should say senior priests. I know, I know we, because they're never retired, right? Because mm-hmm. they're always priests. Of course. But he was there for 23 years um, and also pastor to many of our parishes here in the archdiocese. So we had kind of a rich history of being there on base and so I was kind of able, but but he retired in I think 2011. And so they were looking for somebody for a while to fill um, fill his shoes. And so it's been great to be there because there are parishioners, but there are parishioners that feel also called to serve, you know, in the military. And so it's wonderful. I mean, you know, somebody I did the wedding for just heard my voice in an office when I was first filling out applications and stuff. And she said, is that Father Peter? And I poked my head out in the hallway and I was like, yes. And she could just tell by hearing my voice that it was me. So it was really cool that these are our parishioners that are also in the Air Force, you know. Well, listeners of the Morning Blend would also most definitely recognize that is the voice of Father Peter. Father Peter, why is it so important for all of us here in the Archdiocese of Portland to remember and keep them in prayers? It, you know, for our seminarians, it's a, it's an important task that they are undertaking and they need prayers. Yeah, there's a, there's just so many ups and downs because it's such a long journey. You know, that's one of the things at officer training school. A lot of people will ask you, well, how long were you in school to be a priest? And when I say eight years, you know, everybody's eyes always just like widen. They're just so astounded that we'd be in school that long. So as you can imagine, over the course of almost a decade, there's just so many ups and downs. And so it's the prayers of the people of God that help you on the downs, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of level out your journey to to get you through Uh, you know, get you over the hump, so to speak. And so it makes a gigantic difference. I guess our prayer cards are full. We'll keep and remember the men who are in seminary, those who are in Rome, and especially pray for those who are going to embarking on this journey and that uh, God be with them through every step of the way. Father Peter, thank you so much again for your time this morning. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. 851 at Matra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And you know, Father Peter is such an active Catholic. We've got to give him two hours on the share. Oh my goodness. You're right about that. Yeah, we got him on the schedule already. And we want you to mark your calendars for April 8th through 12th. That is the date for our spring share Renew Your Hope. I love that theme. That is fantastic. And I think it's Wednesday of that week. We've got Father Peter on in the afternoon for mm-hmm. two hours. Hours and it's always a lot of fun to have him around. But man, he is a bundle of energy. You know that? For sure. And so passionate about not only the work that he does as chaplain, but in the vocations office. It's just wonderful to have him to be able to come on and talk to us about what's happening. And best of all, he's a Baylor Bear, just like me. <laughs> just like you. <laughs> 
Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Thomas Nathy, the pastor of Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver, Washington. Let us pray the prayer for peace by St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart, where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit, and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. What's your next mission from God? You do have one, we all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Day Radio. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 8.55 on the Morning Blend with Brenda, Pat, and Eric. Last check of weather, partly sunny today with a high warming up to 57. Low tonight cooling off to 38 under that big full moon. Right now the sunshine's starting to break through the clouds and it's warmed up to 46 here in the Rose City. Going to be a beautiful day today. And closing out our show, this is that uh, mother and son duo, Dupree. Love them. Meet me on the mountain. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Stand up if you want to have faith. Hands up if you want to be saved. Let's go up high where they can hear us. Take up your cross and be fearless. Come with me. We're all gonna sing Meet me on the mountain Yeah, we're all gonna sing Shout it to the rooftop We're singing to the king Let's go up high where they can hear us And take up your cross and be fearless Meet me on the mountain Yeah, we're all gonna sing 
in everyday life, mother and son duo Dupree and Meet Me on the Mountain. It's 859. Kind of like the Parker's family. A, a little bit, yeah. right? Or you know who I think of? The Judds. Oh, right. Jets. Yeah. Like mother that. and daughter, mother and son. <laughs> There's something that Dupree there. You're a great. Dating yourself. Oh, okay. Maybe I am. <laughs> oh, well, that is going to wrap it up for us on a Thursday. Boy, look at this. We are just flying through this week. It's Friday and then here comes the weekend. So. And here comes the sun. Oh, I feel like I, it's time for me to get that walk in for sure. I'm going out for a big one today. Okay. Yeah, we'll compare notes in the morning. I'll let you know how I do. That is going to wrap it up for us on the morning, Belen. It is Thursday. That means live with passion this evening with Father Cedric. Love that show. Keep it to Matra Day Radio all day long with great Catholic programming and have a blessed day. God bless you.